0: There are fields around the hospital. Tall dry grass moving slowly in the moonlight. An oasis of calm in the middle of the city. I am alone in this room. The covers are scratchy, the bed stiff and cold. They say the operation went well. I cannot eat anything for at least a day. And somehow I do not feel as empty as a corn husk. No. I have nothing left to hold on to. I'm falling and falling, and there are no roots or branches to grab at. The test results will not come anytime soon. They are weeks, maybe months away, but they cut out that black spot inside me. It's gone now. I just have the moon and these weeds to talk to. There are men in the next room, being wheeled in and out, with a forest of tubes and bandages plastered across their naked stomachs, passed out under sheets, on heavy gurneys, fast asleep, mouth slack, skin pale, streaks of iodine seeping through the white fabric. At least I'm not like that, I say to the empty chair next to me, in a slow whisper. And then, a day later, they tell me I can go home soon. I sip cups of sweet black tea. I talk to my children on the phone, and my voice sounds so foreign, as if it is outside of me. My wife wears that expression I know all too well. Strength and calm, fears tamped down, prayers and wishes for good news around her neck, like that string of pearls I got her years ago. She jokes with me about how thin I'm getting and how long this will last. The bills are paid, the doctors are thanked. My pajamas and a book I never even cracked open are tucked into the overnight bag. And then we are outside, finding the car in the parking lot and I look out at that tall dry grass, those brown fields and I nod to them, somehow hoping to never see them again. But saying thank you. I'm Marco, and this is Songbird. In this episode, we're talking about Wallflower's Surprise, the final track from Heaven Get Behind Me. How we meet our final moments. I know I keep asking this, but I think there's so many answers as why. One person is full of remorse. Another, regret. Another knows... They wouldn't have changed a thing. We all die. And maybe I was thinking about how we all die differently. In the writing of this song, I asked a few creative what ifs and explored the course, a different life would have painted for me. One where I did not find my wife where I did not have these two magical daughters. Who would that man be and what would be hanging over him in his last minutes? Now, on a pure songwriting note, I also thought the album could end with a song in the tradition of Nick Drake's work, specifically Pink Moon, his final album, which was recorded in 1972 during two night sessions, just him and a guitar. The title track, Pink Moon, that's the one most people know from that album. I'll put it in the show notes, of course. He died at the age of 26 from an overdose of antidepressant medicine. He recorded three albums in his career, and they are, without question, some of the most influential folk music, or just plain old music, to be written and recorded. He didn't play live much. There was no video of him at all. He was a shy, vulnerable person, and he dealt with severe depression most of his life. I think no rainy day is complete without at least one or two of his albums on, filling the house with that gentle voice without a molecule of self-awareness, just pure expression, humble music that transcends place and time. So, yeah, sure, I wanted to go for that. And even failing miserably at writing something in that mode felt like a good idea. It was my dream, and I was a guy alone in a room with a guitar. So maybe it was a dream I could not have avoided. So I ran towards it instead of shrinking away from it. But let's face it, I am not Nick Drake. I'm not even his garbage man. So, what am I? And who am I? Well, once you get past the sarcasm and the bitterness, I'm a bit of a romantic. And if you ask me if there's any love songs in my catalog, I'd, I'd say this is about as close as it gets. So I put my heart on my sleeve and I wrote the chorus first. Dog days salad days heaven get behind me heaven get behind me okay so dog days those are those hot lost days of summer in July and August when everything is dusty and sunny and they're sweet and they're quiet and there's no drama there's no wrestling matches they're a hammock and the sound of kids playing now what are salad days I love this one. Salad days are the nostalgic, youthful times when we were young and we were full of piss and vinegar and we were scrawny and we had pimples and we had weird shoes. And those pictures we look back on and we laugh at, but at the same time, we feel this little pinch of jealousy because we were somehow better then. We were more fun to be around. We were wild. We had nothing to lose and... We were full of inexperience, not weighed down by adulthood, with mortgages and careers. You know, this one goes all the way back to Cleopatra, who used the term green days like young grass, which, yeah, that green became salad as the years passed. So salad days. And then we have heaven get behind me. There's so many biblical references in this song. When Jesus was tempted by the devil, he said, Get thee behind me, Satan, which is a rebuke or refusal of temptation, a sort of long-winded way of saying no (laughs) to the devil's temptations. And I decided that this man, this cantankerous, broken person, he felt this way about the promise of heaven. So heaven get behind me is like saying Don't tease me with the promise of heaven. And at the same time, he could be expressing that he he doesn't deserve it so much. And he's saying, I don't deserve heaven. No matter how you slice it, it's a hoax like Shangri-La or something he doesn't deserve. This man is saying, flip that switch, dear angels. Get it over with and stop torturing me. Just let it be what it will be. In the end... He has lost all patience and in that loss of patience that desperation he admits to himself that his life had some pretty sweet moments that he's pushed aside there was a girl well a wallflower a shy girl shrinking into the flowers on the wall and he did feel her sweet breath on his neck on a summer night i wrote the rest of this song in one sitting I rarely find the chorus first, but this was one I reverse-engineered from this idea of asking Heaven to get behind him. He's pleading, and he's just begging for this. Okay, so I'm an open G, just like the first track, Fellini Was Dying. I wanted to bookend the album with songs that were just me, and a guitar in a room. It was such a simple idea and it was almost gonna work. The demos really made me think it was possible. Now we're gonna hear the demo and for once you're gonna hear the entire thing not just a snippet. I remember playing this for my older daughter Eve just after I recorded it and she burst into tears. I felt terrible and then she made me promise to do something with this demo someday not to hide it under a rock. This one's for you, kiddo.
1: Never been to Graceland The king is dead Long live the king Lila They can burn my eyes out I won't make a sound me what did I learn Nothing woman Nothing at all Except the feel of your breath on my neck On a summer night With the moon driving so slow You're the wallflower surprise Heaven get behind me Heaven get behind me Heaven get behind me
0: We've said this so many times now The demo is so often better than the final version in so many ways This is like the pinnacle of that dilemma. Unfortunately, the lyrics needed some tweaking to be singable. And, you know, I was tempted to use the demo as the final for about five seconds. I know it's crazy. There are no shortcuts in the creative process. We all know that at the end of the day. The king is dead, and this guy has never been to Graceland. See what would have happened to me if I never went to Graceland? Or more importantly, Sun Records. That's the alternate life I never led. The man I never became. I'm going to pull out a random quote now. I just came across this recently. And I think it describes this man so well. It's from Isabel Allende. And she says, We are in the world to search for love, find it, and lose it again and again. With each love, we are born anew. And with each love that ends, we collect a new wound. I am covered with proud scars. So that's our guy. And we have this demo. The album was recorded in sequence, and this was the final one to nail down. I had this fantasy to do it with my 12-string Gibson, because Nick Drake played a 12-string on so many of his songs. It's good to dream, but ah, if the dream is not in the cards, it is so painful. So I tried it with the 12-string, and it's just way too much guitar. It was too much going on. It was like trying to squeeze an elephant into a broom closet. So then I tried the 100-year-old parlor guitar, which is what I was using on the demo. Easy, right? I ended up doing seven entire sessions, and each of them was many hours. And they were all failures. I don't mean kind of okay, because I'm some kind of perfectionist. I mean... They were way too fast, or they were just very sour-sounding, or I sang the stuff so many times that it was just a completely bad performance. This was nothing to end the album with, and it's not the last thing I wanted people to hear. I kind of thought I'd set the bar way too high with that frickin' demo. It showed how easy it was to do, and it showed how far I was missing the mark. Months later, when I did the real recording... The real recording. That's a stupid way to say it. After every session, my wife would ask me, Did you get it this time? And I would pause and tell her, No. The whole house was pulling for me. I was not doing this alone. But it was still dead in the water. Then somehow the trusty Waterloo WL 14 came out, and I tried it one more time, and I ended up changing some of the melody. I took it up a third in a few spots by changing the song a tiny bit that might have made it a little bit new again, something to discover, fresh sounds to learn. And then I finally nailed down a take that was okay. And just like that very first track, Fellini was dying, this fantasy of just a guy alone in a room with a guitar, it was too flat. It just wasn't substantial. So I delicately, gently, Tried a few things to build it out. First, a train arrives and goes away, and then we have that lonesome whistle at the very end. The train was wailing in the distance, not so different from those horns in Mascara and California Divorce. Then I tried some harmony singing, but it was just way too much. So I literally just hummed in parts. And you you don't really know it's there most of the time, but harmony singing, or should I should say harmony humming big choirs do this um it's beautiful and it's so simple and then i pulled my boots on and i put a harmonica mic on the floor and i stomped now mark bolin of t-rex used to do that on songs like bang a gong and by the way i did not think this up i just knew it was worth trying now i did this at about 2 a.m and i may have kept everyone awake for an hour or two when i did it they were very polite the next morning. So those footsteps, they're walking towards and away. And they really painted a picture for me. These were not sound effects that I found. They were made. They were my boots. Let's hear the final version.
1: Ever been to Graceland The king is dead Long live the king Delilah They can burn my eyes out behind me heaven get behind me heaven get behind me heaven get behind me What did I learn? Nothing woman, nothing at all Except the feel of your breath on my neck With the moon driving so slow, you're the wallflower surprise. no angel Mm -hmm. Ain't no more time
0: We only have so much time. I love how this guy still has questions. And the angels are well on their way. He's still a bit of a hopeless romantic. He's so honest. And the train's coming. So, yeah. We only have so much time. You know, I failed to explain something from the first verse. Delilah... They can burn my eyes out. I won't make a sound. This is borrowed from the Bible. Samson was an Israelite. He was a big, tough guy. He killed a lion with nothing but the jawbone of a donkey, as the story goes. And he had this long hair, and his weakness was if the hair got cut off. Okay, I'm kind of oversimplifying, but hang in there. He had a lover, Delilah sent by the Philistines, and I should not say she was his lover, because she didn't love him, and he probably was deluding himself to think that he loved her too. They were sleeping together, and she betrayed him, and delivered him to the Philistines, and they cut off his hair, and they tore his eyes out. But what blows me away is that only after he was blinded did Samson truly understand where his faith And his strength came from and that they were even greater now he saw more of god in his blindness than he ever did with his sight that's the paradox i found myself in when i explored this other self this other me the man who did not find love So you asked, what did I learn? Nothing woman, nothing at all, except the feel of your breath on my neck on a summer night with the moon driving so slow. You're the wallflower surprise. There ain't no angel. There ain't no more time. Dog days. Salad days. Heaven, get behind me. Heaven, get behind me. songbirds we have somehow gotten to the end of the final behind the song episode of season one the next few are liner notes episodes this is that special part at the end of the show where I tell you where you can find us we are on every single podcasting platform or you can just go to songbirdpodcast.com that's where the lyrics and And the show notes are. If you'd like to listen to or buy the album, we're available on Bandcamp, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon. All you have to do is search for Martin Ruby, that's the band name, or Heaven get behind me and you'll find us. Let's give a shout out to Bunky Hunt of Whistlepig Records, way over in Detroit. And he's one of our faithful listeners. Next time on Songbird, in our first Liner Notes episode, horse heads, sea monsters, and a message in a bottle. Thanks for listening.